Bonjour, hi, I'm Pascal Auclair. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. J'espère que cet enseignement vous sera aidant. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed. Vous pouvez me soutenir en cliquant sur le bouton sous ma photo. Your support is greatly appreciated. Merci. One thing that uh, I appreciate about uh, retreat, silent retreats like this is um, it's an opportunity I think to um, to um, develop um, kind of a caring lifestyle I want to say you know there's enough space and time things are a little bit open to actually learn to um, yeah that's how I see it learn to steady the care and you know We learn how to walk uh, caringly or carefully, how to uh, attend to different uh, mind state emotions with care instead of judgments, instead of with, um, you know, the desire for s to experience something else. You know, I don't want to experience this. I want so how to take care of what's there, inwardly, um, in uh, in all the activities that we do. Like the breakfast is, is an opportunity to s serve oneself caringly, carefully, to wash cups and, uh, 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 you know, not in an efficient way, but more in a caring way. Like trying another way to go about things and see if there's something in there that can be um, liberating, uh, bring peace to, to mind. So simplifying and bringing care everywhere. We can, we can, uh, and uh, I like this a lot. And I've seen that uh, um, you know some of this is imported in uh, in life. After uh, the way I see it work is um, for me the way I would, the words I would use the way I would put it is um, a retreat for me is very impressive. It leaves uh, impressions, strong impressions. You know, things uh, heard sometimes by the teacher have left very strong impressions in me, or the quality of my own uh, the, the presence has uh, surprised me. The, the, not my own presence, it is, but uh, a way to put it would be the, 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 the quality of presence possible for a human being has impressed me Live, left strong impressions like uh, uh, moved me um, and it's uh, this is what we call vipassana it's to see deeply it's to be uh, deeply moved by what is wholesome what is helpful Sh even shaken sometimes it's uh, it shakes us and it can shake us also um, It has to. Uh, <coughs> that's what we call also insight. In a way, is when we're shaken by some ways that some of our own attitudes that we haven't noticed are harmful. They are, or, or I almost want to say violent. It's a, you know maybe small forms of vi inner violence we haven't noticed. So, but by becoming sensitive, things have more echo. They resonate more, and some of our ways of uh, holding things, you know, uh, some some of our views will uh, will shake us. Will will be shaken by, you know, the way we talk to ourselves, or talk about others, or uh, or, or just go about things. And I've seen this so many times in so many ways. You know, that people will say like, wow, it took me, you know, four days of just attending it. And I, th I thought I'd seen everything. I was uh, kind of getting bored, you know. And then I notice 
I was guarded. I hadn't seen it. The whole time I was guarded. And it was unknown to me. But it uh, moved me to see that this, in a safe environment like this, the system was on alert. You know? And this is suddenly the doorway to compassion. Oh, look at that. Not that I have to stop being guarded. You know? It's not like, it's just we become aware or a slight little impatience, you know, like, come on, people, move. Come on, teacher, give me the good stuff. You know? Come on, meditation, bring the insight, bring the, you know, <laughs> a kind of uh, demanding stuff, you know, attitude. And uh, we might do this sometimes for a few decades before actually it comes into focus. Oh, look at that. I hadn't seen this. It, had, it was in operation, <laughs> let's say, a lot of the time. But it hadn't been noticed more, you know, more clearly in a way that I'm sh- uh, 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 shaken by, you know, like that uh, I can uh, organically or in, a, in an embodied way feel uh, for myself, clearly, that this is not helpful. The words are extra. Huh? When I say this is not helpful, the words are extra. What we are practicing is preconceptual. It's felt. We don't have to... I, I'm adding words because I have to. We're communicating like this. But it's felt in the body. Ah. Oh. Words might come after. Oh, this attitude, this way of... Uh, meeting things is exhausting. It's not for my benefit. I thought it was, you know. Come on, come on, people, move. You know, it seemed like it was a good way to go about things, <laughs> you know, to get things done and to, you know. And so here we have the chance to notice this and, and be, uh, be. Uh, I'm, ch- I'm, I'm working on changing my be touched by be moved. <laughs> Is that more right? Be moved? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so all the anglophones are <laughs> re- relaxing. <laughs> they're, they're recognizing. They're recognizing what is meant by I think it's a Frenchism. <laughs> Maybe when I say touched by. Um, Yeah, so that's anyway part of the process of what happens. We become more sensitive and our own ways of being have uh, more vibrancy. There's echoes, you know, we can feel better. Uh, And sometimes in being sensitive, we are actually, um, it's not inwardly that we uh, make these discoveries. Um, It's also inwardly, but we sit through the external. Somebody else is moving slowly in the breakfast, uh, in the the dining room, or somebody else is carefully doing something, and we get the hit, you know, externally, like we're porous, we're we're moved. Uh, Do you recognize this? And we see this, and so we benefit from, we see this. Or we'll see somebody else be, I don't know, agitated or rough in some ways, and we're more sensitive, so we see we can perceive how this is not helpful for this person. So we, we, you know, it's not suddenly used to be judgmental. Oh, look at this person. How they, it's compassion. It's, it's in clarity. Oh, this way of being, uh, of being is, uh, seems stressful. You know? It's, uh, again, the kind of universal, universal aspect of this. Do we follow me? It's not like personalized. Oh, this this way is hard. It's hard. It's not you, blah blah blah, or I blah blah blah. It's it's more phenomenological. Huh? It's very beautiful to live in this world of phenomenology. You you wouldn't have think so. <laughs> Phenomena. A few. Uh, I wrote a few things that uh, 
I thought uh, little stories or things, a few little things to help. You know, the idea here is that reflecting on these things uh, is healthy. So we're using different ways to talk about uh, what we are doing here to, uh, you know, keep uh, giving airtime to this. And so what we are doing here uh, also often is, um, especially the practice of metta, is, uh, is described as uh, planting seeds. And so there's a way where we do this very, very humbly. We you know, listen to the instructions to the best of our, and apply them to the best of our ability, not uh, demanding or expecting or evaluating constantly. Is it working? Is it working? There's a, it's much more uh, humble than that, and maybe delayed the effect also. And so the planting the seeds, uh, I've heard so many times around uh, metta, you send the wishes, you send the wishes, it's a little flat-ish inside, maybe, you know, kind of neutral-ish. I don't feel, you know, the metta in this way. or, But I just keep planting the seed like uh, the farmer uh, would, you know. Not expecting the carrot to pop right away, you know, but having kind of a faith that if you plant, a carrot seed, chances are, at some point, you'll get, not mangoes, <laughs> but, ca- you know. Uh, and so here we plant these seeds, and, uh, and at some point we might see it emerge, ar- arise somewhere where usually it would not have been, you know. Just a little bit more stability in the friendliness, you know just waiting a few seconds before attacking, collapsing, you know, just something. It might show up as patience, as allowing. Um, And Sharon Salzberg, uh, she has a book on Metta uh, that is one of the the reference, modern reference around around this. And she described, maybe in the book I've certainly uh, heard her her describe it like this, where she would say, you know, she would be instructed to practice metta on these retreats. So a teacher, maybe Upandita or another one, Sayada Upandita or another one would say, you know, I want you to practice this month, um, you know, do intense metta practice. And she would say, like, it would not, she wouldn't feel much about it, you know, and had some doubt about it. And you would just say, just keep doing it, keep doing it. And she would just plant the seeds, you know, do the work, you know, to the best of her ability. And she tells the story of uh, one time she uh, dropped a glass on the floor and the glass glass shattered. And as she came down to pick it up, she heard herself uh, uh, think, uh, you know, be careful, love, or, or something like this, you know, as you pick up the pieces. And she said she had a shock because that's not the way, that was not the inner voice, the habitual inner voice would, you know, usually more have been like you, you know, whatever, you know, again, whatever. And and there was a kind of a tenderness that was there that surprised her. And she she said she could see, oh, this is starting to work, this thing (laughs) on me. Cause and effect. You give time to something neuroplasticity you know you you send the mind in a direction and that will become what the mind will be made of you know and uh, and so that's one way to um, see this uh, to to think of this practice of planting uh, seeds in the reflections uh, around the metta there's a so, so something that somebody could take on would be a, a daily practice of metta, saying, you know, when I'm commuting, maybe, if I take the subway or bus, you know, gently, instead of, you know, planning how things will turn bad, <laughs> you know, or how things could have been much better, you know, and being fascinated about this, you know, very gently blasting people in the bus or the subway, you know, sending wishes, just taking time to recognize the humanity 
have uh, all these uh, obstacles around. <laughs> you know. They're human beings traveling like me with, you know, wishes and a breath, you know. Uh, and, uh, and starting to inhabit this world where we recognize the humanity of human beings. I mean, starting, continuing, you know, uh, giving time to this. So, practicing, finding ways to practice daily, you know, uh, I've heard parents, you know, from the family retreat, as I told you, would tell me, every day with the kids we spend a minute or two sending wishes, you know, so bringing that culture uh, in, in the family. So, practicing this and reflecting, uh, it's known to be really, really uh, helpful to actually reflect, like, think. You're allowed to think. <laughs> Thinking about the benefits of uh, these qualities or values that we've been talking, talking about. So actually stopping and reflecting. And one classic way to do this, I hope I didn't uh, abuse the word classic too much this uh, week, but it seems like I did. <laughs> anyway... Uh, a classic way to uh, reflect on, on these is uh, the reflection. That's a really old way to think about this. So you spend a, a minute or two reflecting on the dangers of hatred and maybe of uh, anger uh, or any other uh, attitudes of mind that uh, you see in the world or in, in yourself. You know, Not blaming, just reflecting wisely on the dangers, the disadvantages of these, and the advantages, the beauty, the benefits of uh, the other. So some list, uh, some, uh, are you interested in the, uh, I think, I think it's again, Buddha Gosa, very organized, you know, let's make a list. <laughs> That's a thousand five hundred years ago, of uh, the dangers of uh, anger and hatred. Uh, so dosa is the word in um, in Pali uh, that we could translate by, uh, you know, is devastation inside, burning, breaking. As uh, I said earlier, metta is more like creating cohesion, refreshing, cooling, or warming uh, where it's needed. So, in the in terms of hatred and uh, the anger that uh, that comes with it, um, you don't know anymore good from bad action, lose discernment, and suddenly we'll do things that are uh, uh, bad and even illegal in when we're under the spell of, uh, you know, anger. Uh, So we don't know what is good, what is bad, what is legal, what is not, what is true, what is false. When we're in the spell of a really strong, uh, afflictive emotion, we might not know anymore what is true, what is, uh, and or hide it from ourselves. Um, multiplication of enemies, risk of making several uh, mistake or big mistakes, lose dignity, lose friends, slave to uh, anger under its spell. So, no more freedom, risk of losing appetite, sleep, pay fines, <laughs> even a thousand five hundred years ago, <laughs> receive punishment, uh, be um, under the spell of confusion, torment of the mind, uh, be visited uh, by remorse later, agitation, shame, um, and a lot not to mention all the physical tension and interpersonal uh, tension that will uh, ensue. Yeah. Do you see? I, I don't know how it is for you, but for me, just to read it, I'm like uh, there's something that comes in that it's unpleasant. But the Buddha talked about some mind state that were unpleasant, but extremely useful. He called it uh, maybe this one or this one Kiri Otapa in Pali is the fear of wrongdoing or the kind of anticip 
perpetuatory shame of the thought of doing something harmful, bringing shame now here. And he called this, I think, the guardians of the world, or the guardians of morality. And so, having this reflection, if, if it feels scary in some ways, it's good. It's actually good. It's, we say it's unpleasant, but onward-leading, onward liberating. It's interesting, no? Yes. That some emotions or mind state that we might feel will be unpleasant, but useful. Ah. That's different than the spirituality that is presented in some of these magazines, you know. It's all going to feel good. <laughs> it's all going to feel great. No. Some of the things like remorse, like spiritual remorse, like taking on the responsibility for something that we did, doesn't feel good. You know? Not the guilt tripping, not the self-hatred, the responsibility. So benefits of metta, just to see, it might feel better. As we read this list. So some of the classic uh, benefits, and you might see if it's true for you or not, or check it out. Or, but it says, uh, and I remember this, uh, there was a, uh, first time I did the retreat, I, I described it a little bit in the south of Thailand, there was a, a monk, I don't know if it was his name, or we, we called him the Metta Monk, because he was teaching Metta, and he was so happy. He was kind of floating. I don't know if it was part of his personality, you know, before practice or what, but there was something very light and joyful about him, I rem remember. And he would uh, describe the benefits of metta with a lot of faith, you know. And uh, so he would say, uh, oh, and I remember, uh, when I get there, I'll tell you. <laughs> so it says here that uh, people who practice metta will sleep peacefully, wake peacefully, dream peaceful dreams. People will love them. Angels will love them. Devas in Buddhist uh, cosmology. Angel will protect them. Poison and weapons and fire won't harm them. Their faces will be clear. Good complexion. <laughs> Their minds will be serene and they will die unconfused. And when they die, uh, at the moment of their rebirth, they'll be in the heavenly realms. So, was it there the animals will love them? Did I say that? No, because no, no. uh, I've heard it many times, so he would say that, like animals would, will love you, you know, like uh, if you're a kind person, and animals will love you. And uh, I remember meeting a monk who was um, who was telling us that he had been uh, that he had been uh, bitten by a scorpion, and uh, <laughs> and he said his reaction was to explain to the scorpion that he, he was not supposed to be bitten because he did metta. He's like, no, what are you doing? I do metta. <laughs> like the scorpion was wrong. <laughs> was explaining to the scorpion that he had he was confused <laughs> about who to go for <laughs> anyways taught a retreat uh, here in Quebec with uh, Martine, uh, Martine Bachelor, and, uh, and it was a Vipassana retreat, it was an insight retreat, and during the retreat she kept coming back with, uh, because she had done uh, as a nun 10 years of uh, uh, Zen, uh, Korean Zen uh, practice in, in uh, Korea. And uh, she was saying that her dear teacher had taught her the big question, which was, what is this? So, so it's an expression of curiosity in uh, f f uh, meeting phenomena, any phenomena. What is this? What is this? So boredom, oh, what is this? You know, dejection, oh, what is this? Joy, beauty, 
confusion. Oh, what is this? Like an invitation to feel with intimacy, to be intrigued instead of maybe pushing away, wanting more, uh, being totally caught in, like a waking up to what was happening. So the whole time of the retreat, she kept coming back with, what is this? What is this? And uh, at the very end of the retreat, just before we left, she said, oh, you know, in uh, Korean Zen, there's also the great question. Not the great question, but the great courage. And so it was intriguing, you know, because we had really uh, kind of incorporated, or I don't know how to say, uh, the, the great question. But then there was the great courage. And she didn't explain in um, Korean Zen exactly what it was. She explained what it was for her, what it meant for her, the great courage. And she said, for me, and this is somebody talking after maybe 30 years of practice, you know, so you you tend to listen. (laughs) (laughs) She had done her hours. And she said, the the great uh, courage is to love oneself now, not postpone. And I have to say that when I was a little um, disappointed <laughs> when she revealed the, the thing, <laughs> like right there, you know, I was like, hmm. <laughs> but somehow I never forgot it. You know, and after I reflected on it more, I was like, true that it takes courage to actually not postpone, not, you know, I'll love you when, you know, like to actually drop that and do it now. Anyway, you'll do what you see fit. Um, let's uh, practice a little bit and um, what we'll do maybe um, is, um, you know, in the, in the traditional uh, development of uh, the practice according to uh, Buddha Gosa based on the Buddha uh, you would send love to maybe self benefactor inspiring people loved ones a circle of loved ones a little larger neutral beings uh, difficult beings and the idea is to fall into all beings all beings it's the last category all beings and sometimes it goes through pairs. And this is from um, directly from the Buddha, um, where he, s- he says, uh, oh, "Should I read the whole sutra? Mm-hmm. You know, directly that one teaching. You know that. So that's what the Buddha actually said. So imagine being there, listening to this, these words. This is what should be done." by one who is skilled in goodness and who knows the path of peace. Let them be able and upright, straightforward and gentle in speech, humble and not conceited, contented and easily satisfied, unburdened with duties and frugal in their ways, peaceful and calm, and wise and skillful, not proud and demanding in nature. Let them not do the slightest thing that the wise would later reprove, wishing in gladness and in safety may all beings be at ease, whatever living beings there may be, whether they are weak or strong, omitting none, the great or the mighty, medium, short or small, the seen and the unseen, those living near and far away, those born and to be born, may all beings be at ease. Let none deceive another or despise any being in any state. Let none through anger or ill will, wish harm upon another. Even as a mother protects with her life, her child, her only child, so with a boundless heart should one cherish all living beings 
radiating kindness over the entire world, spreading upwards to the skies and downwards to the depths, outwards and unbounded, freed from hatred and ill will, whether standing or walking, seated or lying down, free from drowsiness, one should sustain this recollection. This is said to be the sublime abiding. By not holding to fixed views, the pure-hearted one, having clarity of vision, being freed from all sense desires, is not born again into this world. Based on that, Buddha Gosa, maybe, I think that's from him also, uh, created the practice uh, that's been done for hundreds of years now of sending uh, metta in directions, upwards, downwards, uh, in front, in the back, or maybe using the, the cardinal directions. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the practice of sending a metta to all beings, but thinking in terms of pairs, to the strong one, the weak ones, those born, those to be born, the young ones, the elderly, the humans, the animals, you know, and playing in this way uh, with groups of people, often pairs. Um, And so that's ways to do this when you go to bed at night or, hey, May all this group and that other group, and uh, in a way to, um, you know, train the mind to encompass, you know, encompass in its uh, care all beings. Okay, so let's try uh, some of this a little bit here. Establishing a connection with this being here, that you are this uh, life force, this intelligence, this sensitivity, very much alive now, hearing uh, this voice and sensing the ground and uh, breathing so many. ways it's alive and sensitive. So this life happening now in you, notice how you want it to be safe. You want this life to be safe and to experience ease of well-being and goodness and peace, maybe freedom joy, this wish for well-being, physical, mental, emotional well-being, is very beautiful, it's wholesome, so we can recognize it, honor it. you want to think of uh, somebody that you love, care for, that is in your life, and they appear, you think about this unique life, unique expression of life, and how you want this also life to be safe, 
and protected <coughs> and well. You might name the person. Rejoice about their existence. And touch uh, this wish you have for their well-being. And somebody else will pop to mind as if, uh, as if there was a little gathering and one person that showed up with you and somebody else, another loved one, was arriving. As they pop up, you could name them, appreciate them, feel how you want them to be also happy and well. Maybe another being, family member, friend, will come to mind. And let like this people arrive in the field of your consciousness, we could say, in the field of your caring. They appear, they slowly gather. the dear ones. You might name them as they appear and hold them in love or friendliness or wishing well. Some you haven't seen in a long time. some acquaintances. Maybe even some people that uh, it's not that easy to be with these days. They might show up, be part of the gathering, allowing them to be part of the gathering. Sensing that you want also for them safety, no harm. Maybe other people also come that you might not know so well. People from this room or staff here. neighbors. People you've come across maybe only once in the last few months in your life. Imagine we're in a large, very large room, a field, even a field. different groups of people come to the gathering. People from your town. You share the city with people from your province or state. All kinds of uh, shape and, you know, some are well, some are, you know, suffering, some young, some old. Some sick, some healthy. Some have a lot of means, others not. I could even imagine that we're uh, 
know, kind of zooming out above the field. Might be animals also around, gathering silently in the field, the forest nearby. You zoom out from above, you can see this gathering of beings, wishing them well. Those you share the planet with. You could zoom out until you're above the continent, or even the planet, holding the whole planet. And you're carrying your gaze, this living system. This blue, green, white planet. maybe how much you care for the life precious life on this planet this living system how you want it to be safe healthy you could even if you want take the whole cosmos around solar system, thinking of the lives, the life that you know of and those that you might not know of, those that are, those that were, and those that will be. excluded. Wishing safety and well-being to all those around you, far and near, weak or strong. known or unknown. And then if you want, focusing on the planet and zooming in a bit on the continent and the area and this uh, center here. Zooming in until you come in this room again and come just in front, face to face with the person you know the most, yourself. You know, all that's going on in this one, fears and the joys, the story, personality, shadow side, maybe, the beautiful side. See if you want to come in this being. And feel what they feel. experience their breath. And stay here for a moment accompanying this breath, this body, this heart, mind.
we have a couple of minutes for um, maybe questions about the practice, something to clarify. Ça pourrait être cette formule-là, que tu sois heureux, heureuse, que je sois, euh, puisses-tu, puisses-je, si c'est euh, si, si la formulation. there is so I'll try to, to so one this this um, fear of wrongdoing or shame and anticipatory shame so this is uh, I imagine myself I'm about to say something you know and then I just you know think that I imagine that I have said it and uh, suddenly something comes in my heart maybe a contraction or something at the skin's uh, level that is unpleasant, that is indicating to me that I shouldn't do this. You know? mm-hmm. uh, so that's an experience. It's experience, and, and uh, I become aware of it, and it can help me. Uh, although there's many nuances around this, because there's also normativity that could make you know, uh, you know, some kind of um, uh, con- <coughs> you know, conditioned behavior, you know, it could be gender-based or anything like, oh, we don't do this when we're, uh, you know, that might not be wise, actually, that we want to go through. So there's a lot of discernment to bring there. But anyway, so there's this experience. It's, a, it's, a, it's one mind state. Mm-hmm. So in one, in what I'm talking about is one mind state of fear of wrongdoing. And the other one that I think you might be asking about is the practice of mindfulness, of being aware of different mind states. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Mm-hmm. So this m- mindfulness is, is, to me, would be something else. Although in the first one there might be mindfulness, you know, I'm aware that something in my body is indicating me to me that this would not be helpful to do. You know, so I might be aware of this. In the other one, uh, I might be aware of many different mind states. It could be oh, calm, calm feel, feels like this, or joy, appreciation or fear, or shame, or confusion. So different, many, many different mind states can be known as they are happening with uh, a curious and uh, um, non-judgmental mind. This is what we call mindfulness. Yeah. So one could be mindful of uh, fear of wrongdoing. what you might say to someone who is uh, uh, has been taught to s- suppress anger and finally it's kind of exploding all over. So to begin to work with that in a... Yeah, what would be the starting place? Yeah. Well, first I'm not a therapist. You know, so, so I, like I, I, I wouldn't... Uh, but I could think in terms of uh, Dharma practice, how to, uh, you know. Um, and so, um, the practice that we do of uh, mindfulness, which is the main, uh, the main way we, uh, you know, that uh, we practice the Dharma in this tradition, so the, we don't want to suppress 
yet we don't want to express everything. You know, so again, this middle path in terms of uh, anger, you know, there could be uh, an extreme that would not be helpful with, to, to deny. You know, I, you know, I don't feel anger. No, it's all good. You know, not so good. And the other extreme would be to actually totally be under the spell of it and let it lead the show. You know? So what we want to bring here is consciousness of it. Um, and it might not apply in this case, maybe, you know, and I've heard, you know, Jack, for example, spent many hours with him in the room meeting with people, and he would say, now, I want you to go in the woods, <laughs> really far, <laughs> you know, and stump, or, you know, oh, I want you to take a piece of paper. He wouldn't say anything, like the person would just describe something, like, oh, yeah, I'm okay, I'm okay, it's okay. And he would say, okay, real, I'm good, I'm happy you're, you're all good. Now you'll take a piece of paper, you'll write on top anger, and then you'll be you'll do like stream of consciousness, you know, just write a few pages. And then, yeah, you think so? Yeah. <laughs> just try it, we'll see. <laughs> and then the person sometimes would come back and say, like, well <laughs> I had a few things to say on that paper. <laughs> you know? But then it's contained, you know, like it's not lashing out at somebody. And uh, and uh, then there's the study of uh, of uh, anger and mindfulness. Is so if I get really angry, if if I, it happens, I think sitting is a really good thing to actually learn about the behavior of anger in the body, how it contracts, how it uh, how it plays with the the mind in terms of uh, you know what does the thinking? Is it the I that does the thinking? I'm not sure. I think it's mind states that do thinking. You know. And so the thinking of anger, uh, sometimes uh, I've noticed for sure that in hatred, nuances kind of fall, fall on the side, you know. You're like this, you've always been like this, you always will be like this. Uh, could there be a few nuances? No! <laughs> you know? And so it's good to actually sit and study the mind that is angry, to see how it... And I think... That's uh, personal here, but I think that in uh, sometimes in some kinds of anger, uh, some kind of anger, there might be a lot of intelligence and energy, but not that you know. So the idea would be to go and retrieve the gold in the anger, the wisdom aspect, and the energy aspect maybe, and and be able to actually let go of the abusive aspect of it. You know that or exaggeration or you know what wouldn't be fair in the anger like because it's a it can be a huge charge and it, uh, I think it takes a lot of skill to actually use anger well you know when when it comes and I think a lot of anger is um, is uh, is to be seen through and let go it's not uh, justified it's not uh, it, it, it might make sense that it appeared but um, it uh, it's uh, it's not helpful in any way. It's just, uh, you know, confusion. Like thinking things should go as I want, you know. And so I'm angry because things don't go as I want. Well, things don't go as people want. Things go as they go, you know. And we can contribute, and you know, but uh, you know, having this basic kind of childish as adult, we are. I think many of us have this. We, we think the world should go as I want. You know, it's a wrong understanding. So the anger that comes from this is unjustified, or the anger that comes from uh, privilege, you know, like uh, you know having having uh, being used to having certain privilege, suddenly the privilege fall fall away. We say, well, actually, men and women are equal, and uh, cis uh, people exist, but trans people exist too. I'm like, well, I don't want to hear about that, you know. Well, that's not that that's mistaken, you know. And this has to be cleared, you know. And so, uh, and so, a lot of the anger we feel is uh, is out of place, but we don't know, you know. Um, and so, I wouldn't make it all across the board. I think uh, Joanna Macy, for example, talks about um, uh, ang some kind of anger as a, a, a passion for justice, but it has to be really well, uh, you know. Uh, uh, known and uh, to actually not 
break one oneself, you know. Uh, we could easily uh, burn out in the anger. And so for somebody who's uh, expressing anger for the first time, I would probably try to create some container where it can be expressed without, uh, uh, you know, harming anyone. You know? um, and so, yeah, in the practice, we don't want to suppress and, and, and we don't want to express everything at all costs. We want to become aware and be able to, uh, uh, you know, consider everything that is there and make uh, informed decisions, conscious decisions. You know? I don't know if it's helpful. Mm-hmm. Very helpful. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, so I think uh, we have to stop here now for, for this. And um, Nadia and I would like to take a few minutes to talk about a very important aspect of the retreat, uh, uh, which is the dana, and the box has appeared there. <laughs> Maybe it just appeared for you, <laughs> in your consciousness now that I name it. But uh, And so we want to take a few minutes, because that's an extremely uh, important uh, aspect of, uh, of the system of what's happening here. And... Uh, Nadia, you want to say a few words? And then maybe I'll say a few words and we'll see, you know, what, uh, how we're moved inside or touched. <laughs> Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.